Welcome to the XYZ Experiment. I'm your host Fiona and I'll be your Gen X today. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm a millennial, also known as Gen Y. Hi, I'm Amelia. I'm dual generational on the cusp between millennial and Zoomer, depending on the day. Well, I have a question for both of you. In your opinion throughout your life, what is love? Well, love's so huge. I've got love for my dog. I've got love of food. I've got love of my husband, love of my family. It's a huge question. What sort of love are you talking about? I've got self-love. What is romantic love? Oh, okay. So you're talking about relationships? Yeah. Because I think that's something that's uh, like... In my experience, in my life, it's changed over time, my understanding around it. Ooh. In what way? Mm, my generation sort of always been sold that Disney, Disney story of love. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially in the last week, like seeing somebody in the latter part of their life, looking back at their life and the loves that they've had within their life, I feel like it's something that is... I, it's so hard to describe, but it's like being special to someone, you know. Um. I think love is very different to lust. Yeah. I, I think a lot of relationships start with lust and then they develop into a love, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, just because like this month I've been married 29 years, so a long time. And I would tell you in those 29 years, I love my husband more now than I did when we first met. But the relationship started as lust to begin with. Like I only realise that now as I've got older, um, you know, like sexual lust and partnership lust and all that sort of stuff. But love is what, what develops and what keeps you together, literally. You know, and and love is what gets you past the hard parts in a relationship and gets you through um, when times get tough. That's that's what love is, that that when the things are not well for me, when things aren't like perfect all the time and you can make it through that, then to me, that's that's a that's real love. That's really um, you see the worst of things or the worst of each other or the best of each other. You know, sometimes the worst of things bring out the best in each other and you make that through. Um, so how long were you and Maladin together before you got married? Uh, we were together 18 months before we got married. We would have got married within months, but my parents, uh, my mother in particular, was uh, really freaked out at the speed of our relationship and I was actually with somebody else when I met Maladin, but for me, Maladin was literally love at first sight. I really believe in it. And my relationship before Maladin had been for four years, so it's not as if I hadn't been in a relationship before. But the attraction to him, uh, I just, I can't even explain it. It was, I would have done anything to be with him, like anything. I walked away from my other relationship to be with him. It was so, so strong. And so that was really confusing to friends, to my parents, because there was so much craziness and so much um, letting go of the of things that I had. Like all of a sudden, just threw one part of my life aside and said, "I'm going to go, f- I'm going to be with this man instead." And and yeah, now looking back, it must have seemed insane to everybody around me, but. Um, the 
and I'm I thinking it's lust. The lust I felt for him was it was all consuming, all consuming, you know. And so my mother was so frightened by that. She was saying, could you just hold off on getting married? Can you just leave it a year to just just make sure this is right? And so I did, like, because I love my parents and I didn't want to upset them. So I did wait a year and then I still wanted to marry him. So they said, okay, let's go ahead and do this. But, um, yeah. <laughs> How old were you at the time? <laughs> when I met him, I was 22. <laughs> I was married by 24. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, I think back to my relationships when I was 22, and I thought that the guy I was dating at the time, I was going to marry him. Yeah. And I loved him so much, and I moved to Melbourne for him. Yeah. And I think I my idea of love around him was in the potential of what he could have been, or yeah. like what I the characteristics within him that I wanted was sort of what I loved about him. Um, but then I realized I had those characteristics within myself. Yeah. So I, I look back at my younger self and if I had gone down that road, like my life would have been very, very different. And why do, why do you think like being such a young age to have made that life call, like what was the defining factor that made you know Yes. I, I'm an old soul. Yeah. I definitely am an old soul. And I was very mature for my age. I think being the oldest child as well, very independent all my life, um, always knowing what I want out of life. And I really wanted him. And um, it never felt wrong to me. And we never fought. And like, it's not a cliche. We really, um, we really clicked and we understood each other. We're quite different individuals. We have individual differences and all that, but it was easy. That's the only way to describe it. It was easy. And my relationship before him, I was really in love with that fellow as well. But I realised when I met my husband that I was his number one, whereas in my other relationship, I actually wasn't number one. I was about number three in, in the loves in his life. And what I mean is we're talking about he had sport over me and sailing and all sorts of stuff. But I didn't realise that at the time because that had is all I'd experienced. So when I met somebody where I was number one, it was extraordinary and overwhelming to be number one. So, yeah. So would Maladin say that he fell in love, love at first sight as yeah. well? Wow. Yeah. We were both crazy. We were both crazy in a beautiful, beautiful way. I have no regrets. How about you, Dash? It's so, I don't feel like I've ever had love at first sight. Mm. Um, and I do wonder if that's because I'm so, I don't know, objective or I, I find it hard, I think, to kind of let myself experience emotions as the first kind of um, point of call. I'm very gut reaction, but I don't know if I'm a heart reaction yeah. straight away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met Scott when he was 16 and I was, well, he was 16 or 17 and I was 19. I was in my first year of uni. And, um, so we were friends for three years before we started dating. And I think the thing, you know, it's funny you talking about lust. 
because I was so grossed out by him when I first... Um, you know, I grew up in a house of girls and, you know, we're fairly prim and proper and, you know, he was such a outgoing, you know, outdoorsy person. He, you know, spent the last two weeks when I'd met him up the Murray River and, you know, swimming in the river was the shower. You know, he had a mullet, he had a goatee, he... But, you know, um, I was one of those people who had lists of uh, characteristics I was looking for in a partner. And when we started to connect on more than a friend level, I think I started to realise there's the list that you have of the things that you think you want. And then there's the universe's way of bringing to you someone that you actually need. And you would have never identified those characteristics of yourself but kind of similar to what you were saying Fiona it was almost like when I let it go and let it happen it was like two souls meeting that was so unexplained like the way we complement each other and the way that we both challenge each other but love each other and adore each other is just you know I can't I don't have words for it and we've been married now for 16 years together for 18 years and it just keeps getting better but I do remember at the start when we did get together, because we'd been friends and we had lots of mutual friends and we'd have these massive like conversations and discussions and we were so different. When people found out, they were like, what? You're going to kill each other. <laughs> and like it just made no sense to people. Like literally people said to us, this is not going to work. Like I don't understand how this works. And here we are still working. I think one of the reasons why I've been married so long is, you know, being Gen X and back in the 80s, um, you didn't really live together. You, that mm. was still considered mm. quite taboo. And, um, and so you got married, literally. I, I don't know. Nowadays, you wouldn't do that. You would live together. I mean, Mladen and I did live together for a little while, much to the shame of, my, um, of people around me. They weren't very happy about that because that's not what you did. Um, but uh, yeah, so you got married. You, you got married. Like a lot of my friends got married. I've got a friend who got married at 21. I've got other friends who got married in their early 20s, quite a few, because that's what you did. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't yeah. feel the weddings were as massive as they are nowadays. Like mm. I never had a dream wedding or anything like that. And, and literally, as in like I didn't dream of a wedding. I, I was never like um, uh, like oh, I can't wait to get married or any... Like, I was never like that at all. I think it was quite a shock that I was going to get married. And I literally organised my wedding two months before I got married. So it, was, it wasn't like years in the planning and, and like, like you didn't really... We weren't that fussed about the venue. We got married on the top of a pub is where we had our reception, you know. Like, it just like wasn't that. so huge like it, it is nowadays. Just, yeah, just, just nowadays I just feel like when I... I see a lot of brides coming in, you know, and they're getting their teeth whitened and it's been in the planning for like two years. <laughs> like yeah. It's just massive, massive it's stuff. Especially with COVID pushing it back. Oh, yeah, like, that would have been tough. It's crazy. Did you have any friends within your generation who got married sort of older or was it predominantly most people were sort of married? They were all young. Life? Yeah, we were all in our 20s when we got married. And, mm-hmm. and of, of course... A few of those marriages aren't, don't exist anymore. You know, they didn't last. And maybe that's because we were maybe a little bit too young um, to mm. be getting married. And, you know, like it's interesting you talk about 
the fact that people didn't live together. Well, you know, I grew up in the church. We were not allowed to live together. And so the month that we got married, I think there were three or four other couples that got married in our church circles. We were all the same age. Um, It was just a thing. You got married young because Mm. you weren't allowed to live together. I I really think that's a bad, bad (laughs) message to put out there because you need to make smart and wise decisions and I think rushing into it because you want to be together, you know, you're not allowed to have sex before marriage. We're yeah. Not supposed to have sex before marriage is mm. um is a recipe for disaster. People make decisions in then the context of lust. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. in the context of do I know this person? Do I love this person? Can I grow old with this person? Um and weddings are a big deal. Like weddings are far out massive in terms of the emphasis put on them and so I would almost have preferred I mean I wouldn't change anything to be honest but you know sometimes I think oh if we'd gotten married older I think we would have had a much smaller wedding yeah had the wedding that we kind of suited our personalities as opposed to the kind of wedding that um our social circles said we needed to have yeah I certainly have no judgment on these people who plan their weddings in advance and have huge weddings and all that sort of stuff. I just think about to myself thinking, um, like, if I would actually never remarry now, if my husband passed away, I would never remarry. Doesn't mean I wouldn't repartner. I would just never remarry because I just think I'm not spending the money on that. I'm going on a holiday. (laughs) Like, forget that. Like, do people think that in your generation that I'd rather buy a house or I'd rather, you know, spend that money on something else? Or is, like, spending big bucks on a wedding? People spend a lot of money on it. And I think as well, like, it depends on friendship circles. So, like, my friends who I went to youth group with, a lot of them got married quite young. Um, But then a lot of my, like, high school friends who aren't in sort of the Christian space are all starting to get married around, like, that 28, 29, 30 30 year mark. Yeah. Um, and like these weddings would be easily 40, 50 grand. But I think a lot of the time there's also the gifting of money by family. So the parents might gift it, but then the parents then have a lot of control over the wedding and the guest list. And so, but they also, in the age of Instagram, want to have that beautiful big wedding with all the designer dress and blah, 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 blah. Uh, like it is pretty monumental how much money people will spend on a wedding. Like I do want to have a big wedding one day, but I'm also I kind of want to also be able to do something. Like if I'm going to spend a decent amount on a wedding, I also want to be able to donate a decent amount to match the sheer debauchery that is being like. It's a day, <laughs> like, but I recognise from a family perspective, it's like a, a big historical moment as well and I want it to be something that really brings together people who don't get to see each other that often it's a big thing in country areas like bringing families together for that sort of thing and it's interesting you say that because I think we got to that realization in the planning of our wedding that we kept thinking oh this wedding needs to be just about the two of us a wedding is about the two people and then it was like no no the wedding is about the families coming together Mm. and the people that are around you and yes it's celebrating the fact that you're getting married but it's the bringing together of all these different communities and so I do think that in itself is a beautiful um, element of it yeah how many people did you have at your wedding Tash 
So we had an afternoon tea straight after the ceremony, which was yep. also catered, and that had 300 <gasps> for that. Wow. And then Whoa. we had 170, I think, to the okay. reception. Because at the time I thought I had a big wedding and I had 65 people. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought that was big. a wedding. It's kind of, you, you have lots of uncles and aunties on my side yeah. and then like people that, you know, we'd grown up with and church mm. friends. And so it was, it was big um, and we had a great day, but... You know, if we were to get married now, it would be a much smaller wedding. And I would 100% preference food and wine at the venue over looks of the venue and like having, um, you know, wedding friendly photo opportunities. Yeah. (laughs) Really great. I feel like you you haven't told the story of your wedding on the podcast though, have you, Fiona? No. It was pretty chaotic. That's a terrible... Do you know, I, ref- I actually think about it now and again because I, I think just because this month I've been married for 29 years, often when the anniversary comes up, I think about it. And, um, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a crazy – you could almost say it was a terrible wedding, but it was actually, it was actually a lovely wedding, but it was just – it was a disaster, our wedding, just such a disaster. I reckon that's a whole podcast on itself, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to the love stuff. Um, so Amelia, there's a couple of questions I've got for you, like with, and I'm asking you to represent your generation, right? So you said something just a little bit earlier about design address Mm. is like when I got married, there was nothing about a design address back then. So it was always a no name. Um, I had a beautiful wedding dress. It really was, it was custom made. It was divine but not a designer so what do you mean by designer dress what, what does that mean well it depends how deep you want to go yeah let's um, go so you have like obviously your off the rack dresses um which are ready to wear which you can have tailored and then often those sorts of boutiques will also have their more higher end custom made gowns so the off the rack might be two or three grand but mm-hmm. then the more custom is probably getting up to sort of five to ten thousand um and then in sydney there's a couple of really well-known designers but you're looking at sort of upwards of 30 to fifty thousand dollars like that that Um, you'll wear once and maybe you might have two wedding dresses yeah no you you will 100 percent have two wedding dresses that's what i've really noticed at weddings lately actually is the bride will always have her wedding dress and then the after party dress See, we didn't have that. Back in our day, you had the one wedding dress and if you had a long train, you'd have this sort of clever thing on the back that the train could then be put up. Yeah, hooked in so you could dance and no one would step on you in that. But there was never the thought about a second dress, you know. But I also think it's a cultural thing, right? So I didn't change out of my dress because I absolutely adored my dress. My dress was a Maggie Sotero dress. Oh, yes. I don't think... I don't know if they exist anymore. Don't know. Anyway, who's that? I know. <laughs> um, and it was actually a light gold dress with sequins oh, coming down. It was beautiful. So beautiful. And it did have a train and it cost $1,300. Um, and so, which wasn't the most expensive dress back then. There were definitely dresses that were more expensive, but it wasn't at the cheaper end either. Um, 
And my mum in Sri Lanka, they often change into like a sari for the reception. Oh, okay. And so she was like, are you going to change into a sari? You know, and they went to Sri Lanka and were going to buy me a sari. And I was like, um, I don't know how to wear a sari and I don't, I don't feel comfortable in a sari. I always think it's very funny because, you know, Sri Lankans tend to be really conservative, yet saris are very midriff bearing. Yep. And I was just like, I don't really want to bear my midriff at my wedding. And, um, yeah, so I was like, no. And so I didn't change. So I stayed in my dress the whole time, which is unusual. Have you ever worn the dress since? No. And I kept it for probably the first 10 years thinking, you know, we should hold a ball. Like I was like, we, because so many of us got married at the same time. We were like, we should then hold a formal event and all get into our dresses again. I cannot fit into my dress. No. <laughs> And my style has changed a lot. Like it's, I wouldn't have picked that dress now, um, but I do, I absolutely loved it and I have not. Have you worn yours since? I did. I wore it to a couple of debutante balls and things like that where I wasn't the debutante, but I was going I to was the balls. Say, why would you go to a debutante? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, went, I went to the balls and I wore it a couple of times. Um, so I feel like I got a bit of wear out of it. I've still got it. It's, it's so pretty. And um, because I wore it without the hoops and all that sort of stuff, it was all this beautiful chiffon on the bottom. And... Um, I would love to put that dress on again. It's still, to me today, it, it could still be worn today. It's still beautiful. But I wouldn't even probably be able to get my leg into the bodice of that. <laughs> it was tiny. I was tiny when I got married. So it's just, um, yeah, I, I'll never fit that dress again. But it's so beautiful. <laughs> my mum actually wore my great-grandmother's wedding dress. See, I think wedding. that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, it, does the dress still exist? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any thoughts that you'd ever wear it or your sister or anything like that? I may take a piece of it and put it in the yeah. dress. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. not my ethereal Sebastian yeah. style. <laughs> my wedding dress was pink. I wore oh, pink. Wow. What? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering why are you wearing a white dress to uh, debutante? Uh, it was pink. So what happened was, is we ordered the lace from France. We had this tiny little sample and the lace came in and we didn't realise it had a pink base to it. We're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's pink. Because <laughs> so, it's like a pink and a gold. And so like, so my dressmaker and I are looking at it going, oh God, it's pink. Because back then brides didn't wear colour. You yeah. wore white or ivory like that was and and so I said to her, Well, I'm gonna be a pink bride then. And um and and then I couldn't get the veil made in the country. So I took my pink dress down to a bridal shop in Perth to get a pink veil to match it. And I can still remember at the bridal shop putting my dress on and the bridal shop going, Oh my god, like they'd never seen a pink dress before at this bridal shop. They were like it blew their minds. And we've got a beautiful pink veil to match. I had a very, very long veil. And um, and she said to me, look, after your wedding, if you want to sell your dress, I'll buy it. I'll buy it yeah. off you. Um, because they it obviously it triggered for her, we could have pink brides. You know, we could mm. we could do pink brides. And so when I I didn't tell anybody I was a pink bride, and then when I hit the aisle to walk down the aisle, I heard people go, Oh, like, not because, like, oh, is it, oh, I mean, sure, she's beautiful, but it was just like, oh, my God, she's pink. Like, it was a shock. <laughs> it was a shock to people. And so subsequently, because I um, 
And it, I just think it was serendipity because um, I don't know if I ever told you guys, but my my wedding diamond is a pink argyle. What had happened was is we'd gone to this jeweller uh, in um, Geraldton and I wanted a certain size and he said to me, look, there's this new mine that's just opened up called Argyle but and he goes, the diamond quality is incredible but it's pink. And so he showed us and he just said, it's really, really high quality um, and it's a very light pink. How do you feel about that? And I said, oh, I love it. So, so I had a pink diamond then by mistake, a pink dress, I was thinking, well, it's meant to happen. You know, that's how the world's meant to be. Yeah, but at the time, a pink diamond, everyone's like, yuck. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved this pink diamond. <laughs> so that's the way it is. Anyway, how about your diamond ring? How did you come across yours? Um, so I remember, well, I knew Scott was going to propose. I just didn't know when. So we oh, did okay. go and pick it out together. Yeah. And I always So you picked I your ring? I did pick my ring. Okay, yeah. Um, I thought I wanted a solitaire. Yeah. But then I tried them on and they didn't look great on my finger. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, I am quite a clumsy. <laughs> I knock my hands on things quite a lot. It's also because I talk with my hands a lot. So just bang. Mm. Um, and then I tried on, so mine is three bigger stones and then flanked by three little so stones yeah. on either side. So, um, yeah, I really, I still to this day really love my diamonds. Amelia, if yes. you were to get married, would you mm. go along and get your, um, would you pick your own ring out? Mm, no, but I have a very good friend who's a very, very good jewellery designer. One of my favourite quotes is from this movie, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. And basically there's a barkeeper person um, and, you know, talking to the main character who is um, heartbroken. And she says, well, is it love, big love or great love? And the guy goes, what do you mean? And then the barkeeper goes, well, love you get over in two months, big love you get over in two years and great love, well, great love changes your life. So which one is it? Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.